It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Laura Pereno. I'm sure, like me, you've experienced some times of shaking in your life, and perhaps to an even greater extent these days, as so many things around us seem so uncertain. My new book, Unshakable God, His Character in Our Chaos, shares my personal story and a Bible study on the book of Joshua, showing how we can stand unshaken in these times if we hold on to the hand of our unshakable God. You can find Unshakable God on Amazon in print or Kindle format. For more information, email me at laura at lauraparenoministries.com. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. Today, we're excited to be in our third week of our episode series on relationships. And while we have really been stretched as, you know, week one, we looked at the fact that all of our relationships need to be brought back to that vertical relationship with God and really the importance of our relationship with God uh, as primary before we even branch out or think about how our other relationships are going to look. Last week, we talked to Missy Elliott and were really um, just so grateful for perspective from the book of Esther on how to raise our children in these challenging days that we're living in. And today we are excited because we have a special guest with us and we are going to be talking on mentoring. Now, mentoring relationships are something that Debbie and I both have experienced in our lives. You know, we have been part of on the receiving end and on the giving end. And mentoring basically is a one-on-one relationship with another person where you invest in them. So even that giving and receiving, you are giving to them. But the interesting thing about a mentoring relationship is it really ends up being somewhat reciprocal because we know that we all learn from each other and we grow so much when we are in these relationships together. But mentoring really is an individualized, personalized unique relationship that you have with another person in order to invest in or learn from. I think a beautiful thing about mentoring over the years is it's not just a spiritual connection. A lot of times people either think it's your spiritual mentor, but it's anybody who has a life skill or experience that is past what you're used to, that they can mentor you along in just growing up. I mean, think of people who maybe have taught you to cook or run a household or parenting. So mentoring crosses the board. It's it's something that should be involved in everybody's life. And so we are excited to bring Lisa Smith. Lisa is actually a college friend of Laura and myself. We went to University of Delaware together and now thankful for the power of technology. Laura is in Franklin and I'm in Delaware and Lisa is presently in Malibu, California. She's an English professor at the Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. But she has a book, Laura. We've been talking about your book. But she has a book uh, about exploring spiritual passion in the lives of biblical women. It is called Godly Characters, Insights for Spiritual Passion from the Lives of Eight Women in the Bible. And so we're going to be putting a link Uh, on our Beyond Women's Conference page that you can order this book. I'm sure it's also, you can find Laura's book right there too. (laughs) Um, It's fun. Right there on Amazon, Debbie. Lisa's book is on Amazon. So anybody can go right there too and check it out. I'm I'm excited to be doing that myself as soon as we are finished uh, taping this podcast. 
<laughs> everybody should have it. Absolutely. But besides writing her book, Lisa also serves in the small group ministries at our local church and as a spiritual mentor to students. And she has another book she's working on. This is about Jesus as the bridegroom of the church. So we are excited for that. Um, so as soon as this podcast is done, Lisa, go back to writing. <laughs> But on a personal note, Lisa is married to Steve Smith, who was my husband's best friend starting in sixth grade. They were college roommates and she has two sons, so I connect with her. Um, I have two sons and we are so thankful that you're joining us today, Lisa. Welcome aboard. Absolutely. Thank Thank you very much for having me. You know, Debbie and Lisa, it's just interesting, isn't it? Because in this season, it's so neat how God is reconnecting people in so many different ways. And so it has been really fun even to just to talk to you briefly today, Lisa. And I'm looking forward to this discussion. Uh, as we talk about mentoring relationships, um, and we're grateful for the knowledge you know, that you have, that you're here to share, can you just share about yourself um, and your life as a Christian through the years? You know, what did mentoring look like for you? How did mentoring and being mentored influence your life as a Christian, um, you know, all the way through? What what does that story look like for you? Yeah, you know, I liked uh, Debbie's point that mentoring looks really different in different situations. Because when I think back over my life, I'm actually kind of surprised to see the number of times people invested in me when I start really thinking about it, even as early as middle school. I can remember um, my church had a program called Pioneer Girls for middle school girls. And, you know, we would come Wednesday nights and hear a Bible story and do a craft. And they actually had a mentoring program built into that, where they con- connected each young girl with an older woman in the church. And the fact that I can still remember the names of both of the women who mentored me through that program, I think just points to the power of mentoring. And I honestly don't remember anything they did or said, but I took away the message that they cared about me. And that was early in my life to get that message. And, and it stuck. I had a a great mentor through college, um, was a pastor's wife that I connected with. And she really taught me the value of connecting with older Christians and learning Mm -hmm. from their, their experience. Um, And then I, in my late twenties, I had uh, kind of an experience where my spiritual life went through a fairly major shift. And um, as I was learning new things about how to relate to the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit, there wasn't really anyone in my local fellowship that, I, that could sort of help me through it. And I ended up connecting with a woman, even though I was living in Delaware, she was living in California, ironically. Um, and she sort of <laughs> mentored me over email for wow. several years, wow. um, just to kind of help me, you know, deal with the shift and, and transition. So I've definitely received a lot from a lot of people with mentoring. Mm-hmm. You know, kids teaching kids ministry for years. I always try to impress on people who are volunteering. You're not in daycare. This is not childcare. This is ministry. And it's neat, especially when I would pull high school students in to help, you know, with the younger kids. And the point is, who is the younger woman? Who is the older woman? Well, if you're seven, then the younger woman is five. And so develop, teaching our kids from early early on that mentoring is about looking to somebody else that I can pour into. It doesn't have to always be this official, this is my mentor. It's, it's you're modeling, people are watching. Yep. That's how you learn from it. Yeah, that's that's really true, Debbie. I've seen that in my own life. Um, and, and then as far as being a mentor, you know, the Lord has just opened oppor- 
opportunities, um, as you guys have experienced in your lives, and I'm sure many of our listeners, where uh, in the church and my fellowship group, anywhere really, I'll, I'll connect with different people and just be able to invest in them. And I, you're just kind of someone who has already walked a little further along the road, I think, in those instances. Um, you know, I have people who have come to me to learn about prayer or intimacy with mm. God or things that I've invested myself in learning. Um, and so I've been able to connect with them. But um, lately, the last five years, I've been doing primarily mentoring of college students, which has been really different. Um, before that, I had primarily mentored with people in the church. Uh, but college students are different. They're so young <laughs> developmentally um, and spiritually. You know, chronologically, they've only known the Lord a few years. So that's been different. Um, I've also just recognized that they're in a highly transitional significant time in their life the years of you know late teens into early 20s you're making choices about life partner your career even simple things like you know how do i cook an egg what do yeah. i do if i get a subpoena <laughs> um <clears throat> you know so it, it's a transitional time for them and i've i've enjoyed being able to speak into their lives but i will say um each mentoring situation is different and with the college students, I've noticed that I have to be very aware of the what I would call the power differential thing. Mm. Um, and I think both of you can probably attest to this being in vocational ministry when you have an official position and you're mentoring someone. Uh, it's it's a little different than just doing it sort of as a lay person or as a friend. So that's something I've thought a lot about. How do I speak into their life in a way that they can receive and doesn't sound like it's coming from a professor and I have to listen to this mm. and do it, but how can I sort of come alongside them still as a friend, despite, despite my position. So those are, those are some of the things I've been working on the last few years, kind of adjusting to mentoring younger students. Yeah. That's interesting too, Lisa, because when you were speaking, I was just thinking about the word relatable when you talked about the, the power difference there and you want to be somebody who's relatable. And when you, when you spoke about the fact that you mentor college students, I mean, we all met in college and it's easy to say, oh, well, when I was in college, this is the way it was. And and it's nothing. I mean, I, I'm clearly not in college anymore, but I can imagine it's nothing like when we were in college. So, yes, we we all have the same experiences about, you know, transition or deciding what your career is going to be. But it's so different now that you really have to, I think that's where we have to be prayed up and, and ready, you know, uh, with our armor on to know how to relate to people who are in a similar age that we had been in, but in, wow, like a crazy different situation than we've ever been in before. Well, and, and it goes back to Debbie's point about it being a reciprocal relationship. It forces me to make it reciprocal. Yes. I have to ask a lot of questions. I have yes. to try to understand the context in which they live. Um, yep. And even when I share my stories, you know, I have to share current things that I'm going through, too, because yep. you're right. It's a hard time to understand if you're not living in it. Yep. No, I'm just thinking about the three of us in college and the importance of staying relevant. Right. The word of God stays relevant. It always applies to our lives. But it, what it looks like is so different. When I when we were in college, the only phone that we had was a pay phone in the hallway. I mean, that's all we had. Oh, sorry, Laura, you that's right. I'm sorry. You had a little phone that plugged into the wall. I had a little yellow phone, Debbie. I forgot. You were my roommate. And I forgot <laughs> right. that. I wonder if you let me use it. I did let you use it. Yes, I did. I think we have a picture of you on my little yellow phone. But yes, we did have a phone. But talk about what a difference we were in at that time. Right, right, right. And our computers, we had to go sign up to have an hour at the library. Yes. So 
but the same principles of relationships and and how to manage in life and how your walk with the lord needs to look is the same it just looks different now yep. that everybody has their computer on their phone yep so lisa i have a question for you um in terms of somebody who might say i want to start mentoring somebody what how do you make those connections <clears throat> well i think um if you're in a position where you're looking to have God kind of open up some opportunities to mentor, uh, this is going to sound like a simplistic answer, but uh, you have to start with the Holy Spirit and, and who he kind of highlights for you. Um, you can use, you know, sort of just regular logistical things like who is in my life, who is younger than me, who seems to have a hunger for the Lord, who do I connect with just in, in a friendship way, who has the time similar interests, right? So you can use all of those factors, but then at some point with most things in life, you have to just go to the Lord and see who the Holy Spirit is highlighting for you. And what I usually do is um, once the Holy Spirit highlights someone, I throw out some kind of feelers, uh, some opportunities. Uh, so for example, with students, uh, if there's a student in my class that the Lord highlights as someone who might want to go deeper with some spiritual things, I'll say something to them like, hey, why don't you come by my office hours if you want to talk more about prayer? Or, you know, hey, there's a book that I've found really helpful, you know, swing by or let's email on it. So put out some feelers. Um, I remember when my kids were still in school, maybe about seven or eight years ago, I went into uh, the school office to pick them up and there was a new teacher there. And I met her and immediately upon meeting her, the Lord just spoke to my spirit that I needed to connect with her. Obviously, I didn't know her at all and didn't know me and I didn't want to be weird. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, how, how can I connect with this woman? And our, our school had a program because it was a Christian school where parents could be prayer partners for teachers. And so, you know, a couple of days later, I emailed her and said, hey, you know, I know you're a new teacher. You may not know about this program, but parents can connect and be prayer partners with teachers. Would you like to do that? And she said yes. And so that's how we started. And gradually it, it and deepened. So those kinds of connections, um, feelers, opportunities, and then just see where the Lord takes it. Um, I had another friend who wanted to learn more about prayer and we were just embarking on a deeper relationship and she broke her foot. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, shoot, well, now we can't get together. And the Lord said, well, why don't you bring her meals? What? So I did that for like two months. And by mm -hmm. that point, the relationship was at such a great place, we were able to go deeper into spiritual things. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a combination of letting the Holy Spirit highlight people to you, looking at logistical things that match, and then stepping out and offering opportunities for people to, to show that they want more. You know, our mentoring a year and a half ago, uh, how to facilitate a mentor relationship looked different then than it would today. Because we can't say, you I mean, you're in lockdown down there in California. You can't just say, I'll meet you at the coffee shop. Like, you just can't. So the way we would approach somebody nowadays is going to look so different than, than what we would have done before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, Debbie, uh, you know, we've talked and we talk a lot. <laughs> we like to talk. But we talk about mentors that we've had in the past or situations where we're, um, you know, mentors ourself and uh, I think back to not that long ago maybe within the past five years when uh, a woman came into my life and sometimes I think Lisa to your point like God highlights 
who these relationships are going to form with and just somebody that poured into me uh so uh, dramatically and so uh, pointed. It's almost like the, I'm sure the Lord did speak to her heart. These are the places, you know, that you can invest in Laura. And those are the places where even now, and, and honestly, they were kind of relational marriage, parenting things, a woman who had gone, has gone before me, you know, and has poured into me. And there are, are situations in my life where I come into those uh, conversations with my husband and I can feel something inside of me want to go one direction and uh, I, I hear her voice right I hear her voice with godly wisdom telling me to go a different direction and I think that's one of the, and, and never did I feel even when I hear that voice in those situations I don't feel condemned or I don't feel I feel like it's someone walking alongside me saying um, like kind of like the Holy Spirit like this is the way I walk in it but he uses uh, another person to be the gift of the one who speaks um, so even thinking about that relationship with me, the elements that were involved in that relationship and continue to be involved in that relationship or really just um, uh, spending time together, like you just said, you know, investing in another person, making that other person feel like they are investable. And I think that that's a huge thing, too. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, though. Sometimes I have seen the Lord short circuit all of that. And I think it's it's important to mention that sometimes he can move quickly. Mm -hmm. um, when he really wants something done. And I'll just share one story on this. Um, there was a student in one of my classes and she was a first semester freshman, so she was young. Uh, and it was a class where we discussed some spiritual writings. And to be honest, she didn't get on my radar at all. <laughs> mm. You know, she sat in the back of the class. She was quiet. I didn't really think much about her. The next semester I offered a, a small group that was not a class setting, but was more of like a Bible study setting um, for some students and she joined probably six or eight students, but again, did not get on my radar. Mm. <laughs> and we're a week or two into the small group and she comes up in my prayer time with the Lord and the Lord gives me a very direct word for her, wants me to write it down. <laughs> mm. and, and it had to do with um, him desiring intimacy with her, greater intimacy with her. And I was like, Lord, this is awesome, but you know, I don't know this girl and I don't know how she's gonna take this. And quite frankly, I was a little nervous, like what if she really didn't like it and she goes and complains, you know, I mean, but I moved forward and we discussed the word, she took it, she read it, she contacted me a couple of days later and she said, coming into college, you know, six months ago, my, my chief desire was to get closer with God, to go deeper with God, to be more intimate with him, but I didn't think he wanted that. And as of a week ago, I gave up on that. Wow. She's like, so your word came, you know, just a week after I had been like, fine, we'll, we'll just be casual friends, Jesus wow. and I. <laughs> wow. That's and, amazing. and, you know, that started, but that kind of jumpstart to a relationship can be uncomfortable, but sometimes that happens if the Lord really wants to move in a yep. person's life. So it's just being open and being flexible yeah. to how he develops each individual relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. I think being the key that listening to the Holy Spirit for where you go, what makes sense in your natural mind, like this would be a great relationship for mm -hmm. me to jump into. It's not always the case. And when I, when I think back to somebody that God had highlighted, some women that he had highlighted years ago, uh, like you said, they would not have come up on the radar. And he started to speak to my heart. He says, look, I'm looking for the person who they're going to become, not the person that they are right now. And he gave me a I'm a very visual person, like an object lesson person. And I saw a woman who, in every sense of the word, I knew she was a rose, right? Like if you make her, make her a flower, I knew she was a rose by her thorns. 
but the the flower bud was all covered up in like this hard shell kind of like our roses will look you know before they start to open up and i'm like god i don't really want to <laughs> spend a lot of time with her because she hurts me every time i get close to her she hurts me and he said no that's who i want you to be her friend i want you to love on her because inside inside that rose is is a beautiful flower and but she's locked inside mm. so sometimes he's calling us to trust him right because he sees their heart and and to just to be friend just like lisa said bring a meal just start to let your friendship grow and listen to the holy spirit give you direction um, and as you love people and as you become that safe place for them that's when i saw those hard shells start to peel off and then, and over time, right, you peel off the shell of a, a rose, it doesn't just fly open into this beautiful rose. It, it takes time to, to learn to unfold and be vulnerable and trust. But a good mentor who will accept you right where you are, but not let you stay there, um, that is, that's a beautiful thing. But it came down to listening to the one he pointed to mm-hmm. that, that really made me a little bit nervous. But I look back and these are some of my closest friends to this day. But it's listening. It's listening to how he directs um, your steps. It's These are great points, Lisa, about listening to the Holy Spirit and how to connect with them. Um, I, I have a question. Who was, for you, who is the number one person who's made an impact in your life? Can you even nail that down, like in terms of mm. one person? <clears throat> That's interesting. Um, you know, I might answer this question a little bit differently uh, than than I thought I would. Uh, certainly the woman I mentioned who helped me through my, my spiritual transition in my late 20s was very significant. Um, but I'll say, and maybe, maybe this is strange to bring up in mentoring, but when I think of people who have influenced my life, it's a sort of writers, actually. Hmm. Um, I have always had a really strong call from the Lord to um, minister unto the Lord in prayer. And that can be taught. Um, but I found a time in my life where I didn't have many people to really give me a lot of input on that. And I started reading a lot of writers, really a lot of the, like medieval and a lot of people who had devoted their lives to, to prayer contemplatives. And they kind of became my mentors in the early years uh, on the journey. And I would have to say, I have gone back to them over the 30 years I've pursued God and, and intimacy with him and prayer in that way. I've gone back to them over the decades and they've kind of been, been my friends on this on this journey. And so I throw that idea out that of course mentoring works best when it's a real life person in your life. But if God is calling you to something and you're finding that you're not getting connected with live people to help you on the path, podcasts, you know, what you ladies are doing, books, you can find people who have walked the road and have written about their experiences and they can come alongside you in a different kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate that. And I think even in the season that we're in right now, um, we're, we're definitely finding different ways to connect and that would include mentoring relationships too. So let me ask you, there's, there's so much, um, good, there's so much good with mentoring and we've all been on the giving and receiving end. Um, every relationship, every, uh, we've talked about this this month in our episodes here, but every relationship, there's a pitfall, right? There's challenges that come along. And so as you have been mentored or, uh, been a mentor, Lisa, can you share with us, you know, what are some of the challenges with mentoring and what are some of the pitfalls that we should look for as we are anticipating going into these relationships? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are many that, again, are kind of practical that, that we might run into, you know, where we end up not having time for a person or someone's life experience changes or, you know, things can happen that can sort of derail a mentoring relationship. But I guess I would probably highlight two that I've seen the most. Um, one thing I've had to learn is that there is a cycle in mentoring relationships. So if I'm, you know, if a person and I start into a relationship and I'm investing spiritually in them, uh, they may hit a point in their life where they really can't receive if for some reason. So I've been in mentoring relationships where people go through a tough time or there's a re primary relationship in their life that's breaking down and they're struggling. I've had to learn that at those moments, I have to kind of cycle out of the spiritual investing piece and just be their friend and love wow. them. That's um, really good. Because what happened to me was in those moments, I would get frustrated. <laughs> I would be like, why isn't this person listening? We agreed this is what they should do. Why are they not doing it? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and, and the Lord had to show me that we can't all receive at every moment and press forward. So there are times where you have to kind of cycle out a spiritual investment and you just love them and, and be their friend. And you hope people are doing that for you. Yes, <laughs> you hope yeah, the people yeah. who are investing in you are like not getting irritated by you, but <laughs> are just, right. oh, I've just got to be Lisa's friend now. Right. <laughs> that's good. So that's, that's kind of one, one example or one pitfall that, that I have fallen into that I've tried not to. Um, and I think the second challenge for me that I think a lot about is how do I invest in someone's spiritual life, especially if they're significantly younger than me, um, but not control it. It's very hard. It's kind of like teaching writing, which I do. You know, someone can hand me an essay. It's 10 times easier for me to take the essay and fix it. Mm. it you know, it, it's a hundred times harder for me to talk them through mm. what is in you, what needs to come out in this essay, where yes. do you need to grow, what needs to change, right? Yes. And that's, and that's uh, I think, a good parallel with with mentoring, it's easy for me to sit down with someone and tell them what I think they should do in their spiritual lives. Yeah, but that's not really my my role. And I'll tell you one verse that has become very meaningful to me in the last maybe ten years of my life is from John three, when John the Baptist uh, has already met Jesus, he's baptized Jesus. Jesus has begun his public ministry, and Jesus is drawing people to himself away from John. And John the Baptist's disciples come to him and say, hey, you know, everyone's going over to Jesus. <laughs> and John, instead of saying, yeah, you're right, I got to protect my territory. It, it, instead, he says, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is now mine. So that's the that's the position I try to take with mentoring is the bride belongs to the bridegroom. This is Jesus's bride. Um, this is Jesus's person that he cares about, that he loves. This is a daughter or son of the father. It's their relationship with him. And so I want to come along and do everything I can to move them forward and encourage them in that and listen to the Lord's voice. But I don't ever want to get into a position where I'm really a little too pushy, maybe in what yeah. I'm sharing or, or sharing my own agenda or my own hot topics or anything like that. So those would be two pitfalls that, and that I, I try to caution, caution myself against. I think learning how to have healthy boundaries is really important, you know, especially if you're mentoring several people at a time, um, you still need to be able to protect your home, protect your marriage, protect your, uh, identify what your priorities are so that it's, it's, I mean, it's natural, right? If somebody's pouring into you 
to love that feeling that somebody's investing in you and then an unhealthy um, hold can can draw yourself where you're like, I need you to answer the phone when I'm calling you. I, I need you to follow, you know, jump jump at a hat when I ask you to come and rescue me and help me. And, and really a good mentor knows how to say, that's not really the answer that you need. That's not really going to help you. Um, it's setting a boundary. I remember I watched my dad do this. My dad has mentored people my whole my whole life. I've watched him do this. And teenagers were a big part of, of who he mentored when I was a kid. And the phone would ring and I would hear my dad say, is this an absolute emergency? Like it's going to all be over in 10 minutes. And he, they would go, no. How long have you been struggling with this? Well, for a year. Okay. I'm having dinner with my family. I'll talk to you at a different time. Or he would give them an assignment. He said, I want you to read this particular scripture and answer some questions for me. When you're done doing that, come back and discuss with me. And you and a good mentor, I think, can set that boundary. Because if you're not willing to put in some of the work, then mm-hmm. you're not really willing to invest in this relationship. And And you can waste somebody's valuable time who really has a heart for mentoring, but so the mentor needs to learn how to say no and draw a boundary and the mentee needs to be teachable. So when the mentor says you're clinging, you're clinging on too much to this relationship, it's not healthy. That's an excellent point. Excellent point. Well, these are, I'm trying to think if there's one more question I wanted to ask you, Lisa, is for you in California as a professor, not only teaching, but mentoring, you have literally been in lockdown for a long, long time. So how have you become creative in your mentoring uh, out there in sunny California? <laughs> well, it is sunny. And it, it's funny you would, we would be talking about this today because just this week I've been emailing back and forth with two uh, young women who were in my class virtually in the fall. They were both freshmen and Pepperdine was completely online in the fall. So I've only met them over Zoom, uh, but they got an apartment in Malibu. I, I don't know where they're both from, but they both got an apartment in Malibu for the spring semester, even though we may still be online. And they emailed me and they said, hey, we'd love to meet you in person. And I wrote back, hey, let's do it and started to write out a plan. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, we literally can't even sit outside here. You cannot go to Starbucks and sit outside mm-hmm. unless you sit in your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I thought to myself, do I have them to my house? Is that level jumping? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, there's yeah. definitely been a, a, a lot. Yeah, everything has to be done virtually. Um, also, the students, this is where I think that idea of cycling out of the spiritual investing uh, part has been important for me because the students are, they're in crisis mode, a lot of them. Um, you know, they're back living with maybe some difficult parents, some difficult home situations. I've counseled a lot of my mentees um, over the phone, on FaceTime, on Zoom, and a lot of them are dealing with parent issues. A lot of them are dealing with loss and grief, you know, internships that were canceled, travel. Yes. I mean, the, these kids in this age, you know, you know how much goes on in those early years, in your early yep. 20s, and, you know, jobs that got rescinded. I, I mean, wow. it's, they're really dealing with big stuff. And so I'm fine and anxiety, (laughs) a lot of anxiety because they don't know the future. So one big pivot I've had to make is to not push. How's your prayer life going? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except in the context of, okay, this, this is the presenting crisis right here. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about um, how God can help you through it. But Debbie, your point from your father, uh, it has also forced me to have them do more on their own. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had to give them assignments. I'm not seeing them every week. I usually mentor, you know, see students every week when I'm mentoring them on campus. So I'm having to push them to do more. And I'm also having to pivot myself to, to use virtual technology and to not push things when they have a presenting crisis. So good. Wow. Well, this is really uh, very insightful, very interesting, uh, and really, I'm sure all of our listeners have learned a lot. I know I have. <laughs> you know, I think it's one of these things Debbie and I talk about all the time, right? Iron sharpens iron. And so thank you, Lisa, for being here with us today. Um, you know, we see Jesus uh, exemplifying, you know, what a mentor relationship should look like in the word with him and his disciples. And and that's what we want to be, right? We want to be followers of Jesus, walking in the way of Jesus Um, doing the things that Jesus did and really pointing people toward the kingdom so that the kingdom of God will grow and that we will all be, you know, who we were created to be. So this has really been eye-opening. Really, really, thank you so much for being here. Not only was it fun to just reconnect, but um, we're really grateful for the the wealth of information you've shared today from your heart. I know it's been from your heart. Yeah, well, thanks both for having me. I've, um, you know, watched your ministry from afar, seen a lot of what you've been doing with the Beyond Conferences been amazed at both of you, how both of you over the decades have just really become powerful teachers who just whenever I hear even short little bits that I hear you share, I just sense the anointing in my heart and just the kind of the gravitas of what you share, the significance, you know, you're not people who are just texting about their day or sharing about it, posting about their day, but everything you share comes from your relationships that I can tell are deeply invested in the Lord. And so it has a lot of power and and affects a lot of people. And I've been blessed. So thank you. Praise God. Thank you very much for that. And we, we really are grateful to what God is doing, you know, in and through all of us. So I really do appreciate that. Well, for our listeners, um, thank you for being a part of today's episode. Next week, we are going to continue. We're going to actually wrap up our series on relationships, and we're going to be talking about a fun topic that actually was just lived out right here. We're going to talk about relationships between women and how God has given us the gift of girlfriends and the joy and the challenges that can come in those relationships. And so we're excited um, to to be with you all next week, too. Thanks for being here today. Uh, we are praying for you. You can always reach out to us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. Uh, comment, share the, the episode if it's really been a blessing to you. And just thanks for being a part. God bless you. We pray you have a good week and we'll see you again next week. We hope you've enjoyed listening to author Lisa Smith share about mentoring today. If you would like to purchase her book called Godly Characters, Insights for Spiritual Passion from the Lives of Eight Women in the Bible, they are available on for purchase on Amazon as well as Square Halo Books.